Hello and welcome to Thriving Foundations Podcast, where we talk all about nourishing your little one from their very first bite and beyond. If you're a holistic, crunchy, or health-conscious mama, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Alyssa, and like you, I'm blessed to be a mother, but I also happen to be a licensed pharmacist who's obsessed with all things natural and holistic. That's right. I'm a crunchy pharmacist, and I've made it my mission to help you optimize the health and development of your little one through protective nourishment so they can grow into their happiest, healthiest, strongest, and smartest self. So if you're hungry for more, let's dive in. Hello, welcome to episode number two. Thank you for being here. I hope that you are doing well and Man, we are just going through some crazy, crazy times. For many of you, I think what is going on in the world is weighing pretty heavy on the heart and soul. And I I just want to say I am right there with you. Um, it's There's just a lot going on and it can be hard to process. And I just hope that uh, everyone can deep down, find the hope and the faith that things are going to turn around and we'll all be okay. Because I truly, truly believe that and I hope you feel that. So this episode is going to be interesting. It might seem a little off track or off topic from the rest of the episodes, but I stick with me and I think you'll understand that what I'm going to talk about is truly at the kind of the root of my motivation to start this podcast. It's kind of what lights the fire in my heart and the reason why I wanted to start this podcast. So I want to ask you a question before I dive in. It might seem like a dumb question, but just think about it. Who pays who when you go to the doctor or your healthcare provider? When you go and see them, who is paying who? Simple question, right? So this topic is near and dear to my heart. And although I think it's quite controversial what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to do it because I don't feel that there is enough providers who are talking about this or who even understand this. And quite frankly, I think it's time we wake up to what is going on because I think that we are truly doing more harm than good in some cases. So this message, what I'm going to talk about is not only for my fellow healthcare providers, um, but it's going to be for you moms to encourage you to be your own advocate for yourself and your child's health. And if you are a provider, I encourage you to listen with an open heart. I don't mean for this to come across as shaming or putting anyone down. I just simply want more providers to step back and remember that our job is to provide consult to our patients and not dictate what they do. So back to my question, who pays who? We, the patients, obviously, right? We pay our providers. Well, I feel like our healthcare, the state of our healthcare system has gotten so far from that fundamental patient-provider relationship. Patients pay us for our expertise to consult them on their health. But ultimately, it truly is the patient's right to determine what care they receive. It's your right as moms to decide what you do with your child. 
Yes, we have guidelines and recommendations that are created to standardize this care and to guide our practice, but we need to remember that they are simply that, they're recommendations. Unfortunately, I think these guidelines and recommendations have almost become guardrails for many providers and how they practice and anything that is outside of what's recommended or um, within the guidelines is not met with very much acceptance. These guardrails are causing patients to want to take more responsibility for their health. And I mean, honestly, can we blame them? Our visits now when we go to our see our healthcare provider are truly, they're, they're suffering in the personal connection in many cases. Um, you know, they're limited to 15 minutes. Our, as we have more insurance and government involvement in, in our healthcare, they, they truly are dictating how we can practice. Um, you know, whether or not a provider will be provided, given payment by an insurance um, based on certain rules that they have to meet in order to be paid. I think because of this short, these short visits, patients are not feeling understood. So they're starting to take their care into their own hands. Um, and I can say this because I am on the other end. I see these patients every single day who are frustrated because they don't feel understood. And unfortunately, I think if parents or patients are questioning their provider or questioning us, um, in many cases, they're alienated. You know, if they if they want to do something or they don't want a certain procedure or medication, um, they are made to feel like a bad pa- a bad parent. And this is not helping. This is not helping. We took an oath to do no harm. We are in the age. We are in the information era, and we can't deny that. Um, I think that we need to be open to listening to our patients' concerns um, because, quite frankly, in many cases, they might know more about a topic than we do. And I, I'm, I think that we just have to realize that when someone is passionate about something enough, you can learn a heck of a lot because we have access to the internet. And I mean, myself, I humble myself and realize that, that I might not know everything. And I think that we need to recognize that as providers. And if a parent questions or they present alternative information, it should be our responsibility to evaluate that information. And despite what many of us, because despite what many of us want to believe, we do not know all. And so I think that by just turning them away and telling them, nope, that's, you know, we, that's not what it is. That's not true. Whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. One, you're not building that trust. And two, that's a missed learning opportunity for us as a provider because we have to humble ourselves. We don't know everything. And our patients might be presenting information to us that could help us change the lives of other people or other children's other children's other children. Whew. All right. Off my soapbox. <laughs> so I want to tell you a story about my experience as a patient or on the other side. When my son uh, was about six months old, we found a little spot on his bottom area and his diaper 
in his diaper area. Um, and it looked like a little blister, so we brought him in, and the pediatrician thought, you know, it's probably just a little abscess. Um, best case scenario, he just had a little bad luck and got a little staph infection and, you know, take this ointment, antibiotic ointment, and it'll go away. Worst case scenario, you might have to meet with a surgeon because it could be some anatomical abnormality, which just means there was something abnormal when his body was developing and his skin was developing and forming. There is something abnormal about the way it developed. So we went home with our antibiotic ointment, put it on, and the spot went away, and then it came back, and then it went away, and then it came back. And so ultimately we decided to, we met with a dermatologist who wanted us to get an ultrasound, which imagine doing an ultrasound on a seven month old in the bottom area. It was quite entertaining. So we did the ultrasound and ultimately she decided we should meet with a surgeon. So here we were, the worst case scenario, meeting with the surgeon and just not the best feeling, not what you want as a mom. And this surgeon um, diagnosed him with a little fistula and said that it will not go away and that you need you need to have surgery. I'm sorry, what was my response? My little eight-month-old, I'm being told, needs to be put under anesthesia to have surgery to remove this. Now, I know surgeries are can be done safely and that, you know, it's was explained that it is a relatively simple procedure. But as the patient, as on the other side, that is terrifying as a mom to think about putting my child under. Um and you know, just that there are risks associated with it. I don't care if, you know, you say that the risks are small. For me, it was not just a simple, you know, oh, it's just what we do. It's easy, whatever. Um, It was a big deal. And so what did I do? I decided, well, I'm going to dig into the research myself <laughs> because I just don't feel good about it. And you moms know we have that mom gut right? Like it's that gut feeling or, or even dads, like you, you, you know, when something just doesn't seem right. And I will tell you a hundred percent of the time that I follow that gut feeling, the decisions that I land on are ultimately what bring me peace. So I dug into the research and ultimately decided we're going to get a second opinion. We're like a week or two weeks away from the surgery and I just decided we're going to get that second opinion. Met with a surgeon and the second one said the newer literature suggests that kids outgrow it and they don't need surgery. So, um, you know, here are the benefits, here are the risks. But if it was my son, I would not have the surgery. And I'm not even kidding you. I wanted to give him the biggest hug and I walked out of there li literally in tears because thinking about, you know, Oh my goodness, we almost put my son under to give him surgery next week when it's maybe not needed. And I will tell you now, we are he's almost 14 months and it went away on its own. So moral of the story, I'm not saying dig into scientific journals, you know, for every decision that you're going to make, but I think it's important to be an advocate for your own health and your child's health. And I think many of you, if you're listening to this podcast, um, you are, you have that natural desire. This applies to the foods we are introducing as well. So 
I'm just going to come out and say that the current guidelines and recommendations that involve infant nutrition are, for the most part, not based on holistic nutrition or functional nutrition. Um, for example, many recommendations and providers will say that, you know, it's okay to feed baby grains as early as six months. It's totally fine. You don't have to worry about it. But there's a there's a strong body of evidence that suggests that grains, beans, legumes, nuts um, can be hard on their de developing digestive tracts. Um, these foods, if they're not prepared properly, can be hard on our digestive tracts as adults, but this isn't something that is commonly accepted or talked about. Um, and quite frankly, it's because it, we're not taught functional nutrition in school. Um, the the curriculums just in the in the Western medicine kind of model do not dive into that um, because they don't really look deep into how we can use food as medicine and how food truly affects our nutritional status and our health. Um, so chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you understand the importance of holistic nutrition. And as moms, I think that we need to understand that our pediatricians, what they're re recommending or our other, whatever healthcare provider we take our child to, um, they might be telling us things that are not what's best for our child. I'm not saying that they're necessarily wrong and that you shouldn't listen to them, but ultimately, if you're a mother or a father, I encourage you to take your child's health into your own hands um, and use food as medicine whenever possible. Now, I want to be clear before you attack me. I'm not saying to not listen to your pediatrician. Please, this is that's my disclaimer all over this. This is not meant to be medical advice. I'm not telling you to cancel all your appointments, not go to your pediatrician, but you should play an active role in your child's health. And the food that you feed your child is one of the biggest factors influencing that. Um, and you should, you, you should be there to consult. Your pediatrician should be there to offer consult. They should not just tell you what to do, but they should teach you why, why it's important. So for my fellow healthcare professionals and providers, I think it's time we meet our patients in the middle and have a more com and have more compassion for them and for their rights. We should have the heart approach the patient provider relationship with the heart of a teacher to encourage them to take their to take responsibility for their health or their child's health. We need to respect our patients' concerns and rights because that's ultimately what builds trust and that trust is how we as providers Will have the biggest impact and how we will learn and grow. So please, I ask you to have an open heart and approach these relationships with that compassion because ultimately we took the oath to do no harm. All right, that is it for this episode. I hope you have the burning desire in your heart to take your child's health into your own hands and to advocate for their health and to learn as much as you can to create the most beautiful work of art. Your child growing into their happiest, healthiest, strongest, smartest self.